Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Does bulimia actually lead you to gain weight? The What's Eating You podcast is a series of mental health topics that are designed to make you think, learn, educate, and validate. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the What Is Eating You podcast. I'm your resident host and psychologist, Stephanie Giorgio, and today we are here to talk about a serious topic, the topic of eating disorders and in particular, bulimia. So trigger warning, things may get quite graphic and quite detailed, so feel free to skip past this episode if you think it may be a little bit much for you. But of course, always seek help, speak to someone. You can call Lifeline or speak to an individual therapist if you feel you need extra support. Now, before we get into today's episode, let's do our weekly reflection. So usually we do a highlight of the week, a challenge of the week, and let's do a little gratitude as well. For me, my challenge of the week has definitely been that our dog has been sick. Well, it's actually my partner's dog. I just have become the uh, dog mom since I've met him and he was just really unwell. We thought he ate something on the side of the road because he usually just rummages when we take him for a walk. He was uh, vomiting and just having trouble controlling his bowel movements, um, which obviously got a bit messy. We took him to the vet and the vet gave him an injection and suggested we could put him on the drip, we could get blood tests. So we waited, but then we did get the blood test, which revealed nothing was wrong, nothing to be worried about. And then he just wasn't eating and it was the saddest thing. He looked so sad. And eventually we just had to get the antibiotics in him. So my partner's theory was he's not eating because his stomach hurts. Whereas I thought, "Mm, I think this is the end of the road. He's 10. Maybe it's that time. Maybe he's, you know, getting on. But my partner's like, nah, this isn't it. We need to get it down him. So we crushed the antibiotics and just, you know, put it in his mouth. And then he started to get better. He started to eat again. He was coming out on walks again, but we definitely 
cannot walk him as far. He'll just stop. And the vet did say, don't walk him too much. And my partner and I do do quite a bit of walking. Well, I sort of just tag along. And so we've reduced the walking. And then last night woke up this morning, I could hear the washing going and I wanted to crack it. I wanted to say to my partner, why are you doing the washing at five in the morning? You know, this is my sleeping time. But I thought, no, I took a breath. I used my emotion regulation technique. I took a breath and thought, no, something must have happened. And just last night again, like he went to the toilet in his bed, which he never does in his sleep. Sorry if this is TMI. So I'm not sure. Usually he'll cry and we'll take him out, but I'm not sure why he's not having control and he's just eating limitedly again. So we'll just keep an eye on him. I'm definitely getting more cuddles, spending more time with him, lots more pats, lots more love. And I think it does just make you appreciate the time you have with your pets or your family because we can take that time for granted. So wow, that was a bit of a long challenge. But my highlight of the week was week two of food freedom. I'm really loving this group. So I'm running a 12 week group program. So my programs are very different. They're a course, which is online plus a group coaching element, which all the research suggests is the most efficient way to get results, especially when it comes to ADHD and eating disorders. Those two particular concerns thrive in group environments. And I love that we have a combination of of both ADHD people and also um, people who don't have it or who suspect they might have it. So it's going really well, really loving it. They're so engaged, they're so on top of it. And I just love seeing people invested in learning because learning is just such a privilege to be able to do. And this is what really switched my mind. I remember going back to uni as a mature age student. And I used to be so, I guess, willful, like, oh, why do I have to do this degree again? I've studied for 10 years. Why do I have to do this assignment? It's Saturday night, even though I wouldn't even be going out. I don't even go out on a Saturday night. And it was COVID. So I had nothing to do. So I had to do my assignments, but I completely flipped the switch. And I said, I get to do this. I get to learn. Learning is such a privilege. There's so many people in countries who don't get to learn or don't get to go to uni or don't get that opportunity. And an assignment is just an opportunity to show your learning and your understanding and your knowledge. And as soon as I flipped that perspective, my enjoyment of uni completely changed. And my marks got even better because I saw it as an enjoyable thing, not this stressful thing I had to do. So if you're a uni student looking at this and listening to this, to this, change your perspective, or even if you're at work, change your perspective and say, I get to do this. This is a privilege. And I promise it'll feel more enjoyable for you as well. The other thing is lots of cool stuff is in the works. I have a lot coming up in September. So I'm just trying to use August to set myself up as much as possible. Well, I don't really have much in September. I have one event. I'm going to Brisbane for a TikTok event, which is so cool. And then I am having my family down from the 11th of September. And I really, I really miss them. Definitely when I come back from Melbourne, I just realize how different it is here. I love the Gold Coast, but it's quiet. It's quiet. There's, you know, one person in my house and a dog and I'm appreciative and grateful, but it's very different. I used to live in such a busy building. I was in South Yarra. 
I can share that now. I had always someone to speak to. We had concierge in our building. We had so many people living there. There was all walks of life and there was always someone to talk to. And it's just different here. It's just different. I can't call someone and say, hey, do you want to go for brunch? Or like I could, but it's different. I guess you've got a wider pool to choose from, which is absolutely fine. I chose this life and I'm enjoying it, but it's just different and different is okay. So, all right. I've shared my highlights, shared my challenges. I feel like there's another highlight, but I will come back to it if it comes back to me. I'm feeling super grateful for being able to take a break and take time over the weekend. I was just reflecting and obviously I don't have children. So I believe that gives me a lot more time than what people with children have. And that time just gives you so much freedom, freedom to journal, freedom to do what you want. And it's not as though people without kids can't do that or with kids, sorry, can't do that. But I think you almost take that time for granted when you don't have it. So that's definitely my gratitude is just having time to do the things I enjoy doing. Wow. That was a big introduction, but I feel it's been a while since I recorded the podcast. To be honest, it has been put on the back burner a little bit. It is that thing, that sort of extra thing I do. And when I was looking at the statistics, 991 people downloaded the podcast this week. That's almost a thousand people a week. And I'm thinking, whoa, Steph, get out of your head that no one listens to this because people do actually listen. So if you're one of the 991 people who downloaded this episode, thank you so much. I am super grateful. This just started as a passion project, just as a way to connect and debrief and share the knowledge and the wisdom. And people are actually listening to it. I remember when my goal was, I want a hundred, sorry, thousand, 1000 listens a month, 1200 listens a month. And now my goal is a thousand listens a week and we're on 991. So, and that's not even with me, you know, promoting it to the full extent. I'll share a story here and there. So thank you so much for making that a reality. Now, this topic may be triggering. We're going to talk about bulimia and eating disorders. So let's get into today's episode. But before we do, make sure you highlight on what is your gratitude? What is your win or highlight of the week? What was your challenge? And then the final thing I want you to do is set a goal for this week ahead. For me, my goal is I need to book Adelaide. I get to, I get to, remember, replace I need to with I get to. I get to go to Adelaide for a christening and I get to create content for the National Women's Fitness Academy. So I'm making some online videos and courses and also writing for their magazine, which is exciting. I've always wanted to be a blogger or a magazine writer. All right. Now, why am I talking about this? This is so important. And this could be the one thing that stops someone ever recovering from bulimia. And it's called the bulimic logic. So today we're going to unravel the paradox why bulimia can lead to weight gain and why it does lead to weight gain. Now, I was under the bulimia scam for a very long time. I had my eating disorder on and off for about nine years and I never thought it was that serious and I actually gave it its own term. I labeled it seasonal bulimia because I believed it came in waves or seasons where sometimes it wasn't there, then it was there. So back then in the DSM, it wasn't considered 
an eating disorder because of the frequency. But now in the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, where we diagnose people, there's a low frequency version. So it is an eating disorder. Now, today we're going to challenge assumptions. We're going to hear personal stories and we're going to break down the science behind the paradox. Have you ever stopped to wonder why bulimia, a behavior that seems so focused on controlling weight, often leads to the opposite? We'll be delving into the bulimia logic, the cycle of binging and purging that keeps individuals fixated on their weight whilst inadvertently causing weight gain. What is bulimia? Bulimia nervosa is an eating disorder where the person is trying to control their weight by frequently engaging in purging, self-induced vomiting, or other compensatory behaviors such as taking laxatives, fasting, diuretics, excessive exercise, following binge eating. So in the typical cycle, someone with bulimia will usually diet or go on a strict diet. They will be very restrictive during the day. They'll try to push out their hunger with coffee or just push it out. They will eat very minimally. And because they're not eating enough and because they have a lot of food rules, so they think, oh, I shouldn't eat after five or I shouldn't eat bread or pasta is bad. Whatever the food rule is, everyone has food rules. I encourage you to reflect on yours. The minute they break a dietary rule, so they have more chocolate than they anticipated or they have the pizza, that immediately sends them down this negative thought spiral. I've stuffed up. What's the point? I can't stick to anything. And then they think I might as well binge and I'll start tomorrow. Now the binge is biological and psychological. When you've put your brain through a scarcity experience or you've restricted food, it is going to try to get its needs met and it's going to feel out of control. People say it's like a switch flicks and I'm this different person. And I remember once a psychotherapist said to me, she goes, oh, not even white knights can drag you away from a binge. And I was like, yeah, girl, that's really true. And she struggled with her own uh, eating disorder too. That switch is literally your brain going into survival mode. That is literally your brain going to flight or fight because it doesn't know when you're going to try starve it again. Now, what's really interesting is as I've worked with people with bulimia, binging and purging comes as this group. It comes as this package deal. Whereas the biggest thing the person with bulimia needs to work on is not the binge eating, but the actual purging, because they cannot see a world through the bulimic logic, a world of binging without purging. They think if I binge, I have to purge. So they try to stop the binging, but the binging is actually saving them from the restriction and dieting. It's the purging they actually need to work with because without purging, binging won't exist in the same capacity. So it's a vicious cycle that feeds itself and it is something you can break, but you have to break the bulimia logic. The bulimia logic is the belief that I need to purge what I binged in order to stop weight gain. They think if I make myself vomit, if I take laxatives, if I fast, then I'm undoing the damage of the binge. But the binge is actually undoing the damage of the restriction. The binge is actually very functional for 
so many reasons. And when people actually start to see their body change when they stop purging, they cannot believe it. I've worked with women and I do not promote weight loss in any way, shape or form. I promote life again. When they stop purging, they're actually shocked to see that their body changes, their bloating changes, it goes down, their weight changes, they're feeling lighter, they're feeling better, they have more energy. They're so shocked. They're like, oh my God, I binged and I didn't gain weight because purging actually makes you gain weight. And I'm going to talk about why. And I know that this is really hard to, I guess, accept. Here's a quote from an individual who struggled with it herself. It's like I was in a constant tug of war with myself. The more I binge and purged, the more weight I seemed to gain, but I couldn't break free from the cycle. This is from someone who battled bulimia for years. So let's dive in to the top four reasons why bulimia can result in weight gain, shedding light on the science that underlies the counterintuitive phenomenon. Number one, the number of calories absorbed from a binge, even after purging, is often greater than the number that would have been absorbed on a binge-free day. I know this is a tough pill to swallow, and there's lots of different theories. Apparently, calories are absorbed from chewing. So even just chewing your food, you are absorbing calories. Now, I'm not a massive believer in calories. I think it's good to know about them, but I do not believe that they are the be-all, end-all when we talk about weight loss and health. There is so much more. Now with that, some people may binge and then purge and then binge and then purge. And I've worked with people who've done this for eight hours a day. It was their full-time job. When you're doing that, you often think that you're getting rid of all the food, which brings me to number two. Despite the belief that purging eliminates all consumed calories, research suggests that many calories remain in the body even after purging. So it doesn't matter how sick you're making yourself, you're just simply not getting rid of everything. And a lot of the calories are being absorbed before you even purge anyway. Reason number three, bulimia can lead to a slower metabolism, causing the calories your body absorbs to be stored rather than used as energy. So remember, because you are basically abusing your body. You're putting it through this tumultuous, vicious cycle. It's trying to help you. It's trying to save you. And when you're not eating, the minute you restrict, you actually slow your metabolism down. Now your metabolism is responsible for all the functions in your body, important functions. Slower metabolism means, you know, everything moves slower, like your ability to lose weight, you feel more tired, etc. So it actually slows your metabolism down because when you're eating so little, your body thinks, I don't know what's happening. I need to go into this starvation state. I need to sort of protect you. I need to slow everything down. And that's why people are so perplexed that, oh my God, I need to binge more. I need to restrict more. I'm, I'm not losing weight. Reason four, Recent studies indicate that calorie absorption may begin much earlier in the digestive process when an individual has bulimia. Isn't that interesting? Calorie absorption begins earlier. And this is where I said in chewing, it can start. Reason number five, 
Binge episodes can escalate in size and severity, causing individuals to regain any, I'm going to call it perceived lost weight. The body struggles to keep up with the cycle. So a lot of women I've seen with bulimia in the initial stages, it's what we would consider, I guess, rewarding. You're like, it's working. Oh my gosh, this is actually helping me eat whatever I want and not gain weight. You think you found this magic unicorn. You're like, wow, I can just purge my food. What a smart way to not gain weight. But, but everyone who I have met or every person I've come across with bulimia at some point, they cannot keep it up anymore. And the weight they perceive they lost comes back. And a lot of it is just water weight, to be honest. You're not, it's the same with laxatives. When you use laxatives, you are pooping out empty calories. You're just ridding your body of, it's like cutting an arm off. Like, of course, if you cut your arm off, you're going to be lighter because there's less mass to your body. Sorry about the graphic example, but I need to get through to you here and tell you why vomiting and excessive exercising is actually not going to maintain your weight. You're going to gain weight over time. And I'm happy to scare you if that's going to scare you into action. And that's what actually changes for a lot of people. They stop purging because they tell themselves, this is not going to make me maintain my weight. It's not going to make me lose weight. Another quote from an individual was, I thought if I could just get rid of the food, I wouldn't have to worry about the weight. But it became a never ending battle where I was trapped in this cycle that was causing me more harm than good. The other thing is bulimia makes you very tired. It makes you very fatigued. And so when you go to the gym, you're not as strong. When you try to exercise, you're weak. And then the minute people stop purging and actually letting their food be fuel, they have energy. They have the ability to do the pull-ups. They have the energy to actually be that fit, healthy girl that they want to be. So it's so important to remember that you are working on fueling your body. You are working on making yourself stronger and purging will make you weaker and it will deplete you of electrolytes. And you're actually, you're going to want to binge more. And I've heard this, people are more hungry because they're purging. Another quote from someone who struggled with this was seeing the numbers on the scale go up while I was actively trying to purge, was really confusing and frustrated. I felt like my body was portraying me. Yeah. So in addition, chronic purging can disrupt electrolyte balance and lead to fluid retention. I was constantly bloated, contributing to fluctuations in weight. The body's natural response to extreme calorie restriction, followed by binging and purging, can lead to holding on to fluids and sodium. So remember, the body is an incredible thing and it will do whatever it takes to help you. According to a study mentioned on Eating Disorder Hope, over 50% of individuals with bulimia nervosa maintain a normal weight or are overweight. This stark reality highlights that the perception of weight loss through purging, it does not hold true. And another quote was, I used to think that I could eat whatever I wanted and just get rid of it later. 
But the weight started creeping up and I realized it wasn't as simple as I thought. So if you have bulimia and you're in the initial stages, because I believe it goes in stages and phases where you're in the honeymoon stage and you think that this is an amazing weight loss strategy, think again. It's going to creep up on you. Your, your body is not going to keep up. It's going to store the weight. Your metabolism is going to store and you are either going to be average weight or above average weight. And there is nothing wrong with that. We can have health at all sizes. It's called haze. If you want to look it up, I love the movement of haze, but just know that whatever stage of the bulimia cycle you're in, maybe you're 20 years down the track and you know, you know, the truth 20 years down the track, but I encourage you to focus on sitting with binges and not purging. So this is called urge surfing and it's something we cover in food freedom in a lot of detail. So remember, there is hope. I've worked with people who have had eating disorders for over 40 years, in their 50s, in their 60s, and there is hope in your 20s. And the sooner you get onto it, the better. And if you've had it for such a long time, don't lose hope. There is hope that it can change. I promise you. I really, really promise you. If you've got a question on this, feel free to send me a message or download my free binge tracker and you can even book a one-on-one with me and talk about food freedom and whether it's the right fit for you. So remember, you only have one life, okay? Eat the chocolate. I had a block last night. Gosh, old gold was on sale for $2 something and I thought, yay, I love dark chocolate. I ate the whole block and I felt sick, but oh well, it happened. Today's a new day and it doesn't matter. This block of chocolate isn't going to matter in a year from now. This moment was a moment my body needed in time. So if you think I'm perfect, I'm not. It's just not distressing for me anymore because I've moved past that. And guess what? When I stopped my eating disorder, when I stopped binging and purging, when I actually ate properly, that's when my body really started to change and I felt energized and life. I felt like I had life inside my soul again. So don't let disordered eating or don't let diet culture take your soul this week. Enjoy your food, eat regularly, and just remember you have one life. So make the most of it today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to the podcast. It has been a pleasure to spend this time with you. And I am so grateful that you gave me your time here today. I cannot wait till the next episode, but for now, take care and have the best week ever. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.